From time to time, readers and listeners ask me about my process for podcasting. Recently, Craig Constantine, a crony in podcasting, interviewed me about my podcasting journey. Craig's process is to record a 20-minute chat and publish it immediately without editing. For listeners, find a link to Craig's episode in the show notes. Why do I republish an already published episode? I learn from different styles of production. Remember that I co-published a couple of episodes in the past few months with Mighty Casey Quinlan's Healthcare is Hilarious. I'll let you know my observations in the reflections at the end. Welcome to Health Hats, the podcast. I'm Danny Van Leeuwen, a two-legged cisgender old white man of privilege who knows a little about a lot of health care and a lot about very little. We will listen and learn about what it takes to adjust to life's realities in the awesome circus of health care. Let's make some sense of all of this. <music> Hi, Craig. I'm Danny Van Leeuwen. I'm also known as Health Hats, and I'm known as Health Hats because I am a person with multiple sclerosis. I've been a care partner to several family members' end-of-life journey. I'm a nurse. I have led several electronic health record implementations, and I've been in the C-suite of healthcare. So I wear a lot of hats figuratively for sure and literally before we pressed record we got into the topic of how you see podcasting as being a very rich experience for you all the things that you get from it mm -hmm. and then we started talking about audio and you mentioned blending how podcasting being an audio medium it blends together a number of different things that you already were passionate about and I think it's super important to note, like you, you've also done significant amount of blogging and we also talked about how that's very unidirectional. I totally agree. I blog a lot and it's very one way and I get on my soapbox way too often. Craig does not need a megaphone. Do you recall what your experience was? So you have a musical background. You're, you're also a musician. And when you started podcasting and the first time you brought somebody else in and, and realized, I'm going to say, realized the power of having that second person engage in a conversation. Do you remember what that was like and what sort of ideas came to mind from that, that opening? Actually, my first episode was the anniversary of um, my son's dying. And I had this video, a VHS mm. video, that my my boss at the time had videoed an interview with my son at my 50th birthday, two months before he died. Mm -hmm. I scraped the audio off of that video and then told stories about our experience together, especially in his last couple of years. 
And so I didn't really interview anybody in that first episode, but it was like, oh my God, I held my nose. I took a drink and jumped right in Hmm. to the possibilities of audio. And I didn't really add um, music until a few episodes in. I have a cousin who's a musician and I was talking to him and he... um, created some pieces for me to use. And so that was, then it opened up my mind to the possibilities of music and, oh my goodness, I'm a musician. How yeah, to so do many that? things become possible yeah. when you realize that you had, it's, it's almost like a cubeville, like a giant old office space where you have all these cubes. When you stand up, it's like the whole, like everything is different. <laughs> they call yeah. it, you used to call it gophering. And when you stand up and look around, you suddenly realize that you, yeah, the space that you were in, these, all, these parameters are artificial. Yes. What is the thing that's currently, like when you're creating your show, what's the thing that you're currently most curious about? Is it the other people? Is it the topics? Is it trying to succeed at a kind of communication? Yes. I feel like it shifts. So so I'm in this business and I of healthcare and I'm in this business about learning. And so I follow my nose and whether I meet people who are or I know people who are really interesting. And so it's just the individual. For one of the first kicks I ever had was young adults with complex medical conditions who were transitioning from pediatric to adult medical care. And I interviewed a series of people, the young adult or was a young adult, a parent, and then the the two of them together. And I did a series. So then it was like, it was like, that was yeah. the series or it's about chronic pain or it's, so it depends. Do you, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. You're a, a smart guy. You do it a lot and you're really clearly curious. So one question I have is, yeah, how do you rein that in? There's only so many waking hours and you can only do so much stuff. So how do you rein that in? And I'm wondering if audio, oh, this has to, fit in, I'm air quoting, fit in podcast. Does that help you? I can't do that. That's a visual concept. No, that's never come up. But what has come up is that I did 145 weekly episodes and 500 weekly blog plus podcast episodes. And just recently, I decided that each episode takes from six to 30 hours to produce. And (laughs) (laughs) um, so first I went to a alternating interview and on mic episode. And then recently I shifted to giving myself two weeks to produce the interview episodes. It was getting to be a, a lot, just a lot. And so I'm really appreciating being able to take my time on the interview episode. Are there any and it's other more time to play music? So that's good. <laughs> yes, the the mistress du jour eats all of my time. I get mm-hmm. I go way down the rabbit hole. Are there any other things like either systems or mindsets or processes that you use when you find a new possibility to figure out, do I want to pursue this possibility versus continue? If you did a thousand episodes the way you're going now, that would do a ton of good. How do you decide whether to just keep doing what you're doing or whether to go in a new direction? 
I don't know. I just do it. That's not the kind of thoughtfulness that I have. My thoughtfulness is more, what's the story I'm trying to tell? That this is, we could be, each episode could be about 20 different things. That's just too much for listeners. What are the two or three that are really important? And unlike you, who doesn't edit at all, I'm a ruthless, or I'm I'm learning to be a more and more ruthless editor. editor. And I actually really, the editing process, because I'm a person that the way my brain works is when I'm done talking to you, I will have forgotten the whole conversation. When I finish reading a book, I have forgotten the book. Mm. And so the editing process allows me to open my brain and store that information differently and appreciate what just happened. Oh, I didn't know that we talked about that. It's a new discovery. And I do every episode, I do what I call an article grade transcript, which means that my what I know is that at least half of my followers are not listeners, they're readers. And I respect that. And so I started doing transcripts, but audio transcripts are not that interesting. We talk circular in fits and starts. It's not that readable. And so I do, I edit for readability, which has additional bonus for me and my work is I have developed quite the library of material that I have a consulting gig and there's something that comes up. Well, I've already done the and I can just pull that and whether the product is written, auditory or video, I have the material. And so I've already done the work much of the time. And that is really helpful. I'm really glad to hear you talk about the written side of it because that's something I've started. Like I've done one out of hundreds of conversations that I have transcribes, transcripts for. And I'm, I suspect that I would get better at it the more that I do them, but I'm thinking that's a brilliant way to just thinking like how to integrate the learning. So it's tough when you're recording, you're only half of your mind is in the conversation. So if you listen to it again while editing, that's one way to hear it, to be exposed to it a second time. But I'm curious about, so if you've written a bunch of articles, what are you thinking when you look at that transcript and you're trying to change it into readable materials, you're trying to change the voice entirely? What are you thinking as you're looking at that raw transcript? Are you imagining the reader or do you have that's not interesting enough or are you trying to make the whole thing be a coherent story? Like how does that process work? That's a good question. Actually, my process is I, I every episode has what I call a proem, which is like a preface mm-hmm. and a reflection, which is me introducing the episode and then reflecting on the episode. So I finish the episode and then it's time for, you know, then some time goes on because I have quite a cue and I, I'll go back and I'll listen to the raw and then I'll write, I'll start to write the proem or I might start writing it even before I listen because this is why I did it. Yeah, it falls out of your head. And it falls out of my head and, and it helps me then to shape what are what is the story here? What's my story here? Like, why do I care? Why did I even 
do this. And, and I'm a storyteller, so I've got a million stories. So I try to get a sense of why this topic, why this person, you know, what touched a nerve in me. And then I do my editing. Then I go through it. And then I try to break it up into pieces hmm. and give things temporary headings. And then that's the way for me to be a ruthless editor. Because then I can take out sections. And then I go through it and then just put my editor hat on because I spent 15 years as an editor of a, a journal and now I'm on the editorial team of another journal. And so I'm used to editing. And then I edit, just clean it up and remove the passive and just make it more crisp. So that when a person reads it, they'll want to keep reading it. So, yeah. So that's like what I do. Thank you for sharing that. That's just me being selfish. I'm like, that's super helpful to help me find, because I'm like almost everything you're describing, that sounds really hard to do because I've tried to do it. I'm like, okay, keep just keep doing it. I think that's for my Yeah, own, keep like, doing it. Now a word about our sponsor, Abridge. Use Abridge to record your doctor visit. Push the big pink button and record the conversation. Read the transcript or listen to clips when you get home. Check out the app at abridge.com. A-B-R-I-D-G-E dot com. Or download it on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Record your healthcare conversations. Let me know how it went. Well, the other piece of that is that I am in TPF2. So I, all that's been like more than three years. Yes. And we have a weekly call where we talk all things podcasting and life. And then I host a every other week, like critique group where we critique each other's episodes and we do two every week nice. or every, every call. Every, so meeting, every yeah. other week. And so that's where I learn a lot about the art of this medium is with th this small group of people who we've been, you know, working together for a lot of years because I see what they do. And, and they're, they're with Steve's group. I'm the only healthcare person, which is great. And everybody's got such different styles. And so I, I steal stuff all right. the time and they help me work through dilemmas and answering the questions you're asking because they come up, of course. Yeah. I think the writing, I'm just like so happy to hear anybody ever talk about doing the hard work of bringing, like there's there's an experiential part to experiencing the people on the podcast when one is listening. And then there's that other part, which is, okay, that's great. But now I want to get from that. I want to hang in my head new information. And I think the written form is better for that. Even people who say they're an auditory learner, I think they're, they maybe they just haven't encountered enough well-written material, but I, I really no, no, love. No, no, people have different brains. I'm convinced. Yeah. And the, the, 
No, people just like my son's an auditory. One of my sons is an auditory learner and he's been that way all his life. Mm -hmm. And he reads, he's a prolific reader, but I really think, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I think that people are, it's amazing how different people's brains are. And so I feel I wear all these different hats and my audience has many different hats. So I have people who identify as patients. I have people who follow me, identify caregivers or as knowledge management professionals mm. or clinicians or administrators or policymakers. And I like to think about all those different brains and I have this image of a shelf of bobbleheads above my screen where, and I see there's Mary Sue, there's there's Susan, there's uh, Michael, and I picture them as, and so I make sure that I am talking to each of them. Now, being a Rosetta Stone of healthcare, what I say on my lead is that I know a little bit about a lot of healthcare and not a lot about that much. But I try to speak to each of them. And that includes people who are readers, who I know are readers. Hmm. I know that Sue is only reading me. She has no idea about the music that's in the podcast. No clue. Because she's just reading me and she'll never listen to my podcast. I just know. But hey, she's been following me for seven years. And so I honor her. Yeah, I think there's deep magic you've got there. The I'm very intentional about thinking about what I'm doing in the audio part, but I had this feeling that if I was more intentional about going back through and like finding the pieces like you're doing that would serve a, a written learner, a, a, a reader, then that would help me as much as it would help the people who are readers. So I, I think you're absolutely yeah. onto something and I, I'm really glad you shared all that. I think that's very helpful. I don't know if anybody else out there listening finds it helpful, but I find it super helpful. So thank you. As much as I hate to say it, that's 20 minutes. Um, there we go. Here we go. Well, that was great. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much you're, for sharing. You're, uh, you, you're doing a mitzvah here. So I really appreciate it. Uh, the, all the work that you do. So thank you. Um, thank you. I'm mostly crazy excited to see that people like my greatest giggle fits happen when people grab something I've created and then build, do their own thing with it. Oh, I didn't expect them to do that. That's how I know Lego blocks. I threw the yes. Legos on the floor or on the table and people grab them. I'm like, yes, okay, Lego, this is a win. Cool. Anyway, okay. thanks for Thank taking you. the time. I know hard it is to schedule. Thanks, Danny. Yep. Take care of yourself. For this episode, I listened, transcribed, edited audio, and written for about five hours over three days, much less than usual for me, but more than zero for Craig. My software platforms include Zoom, Audacity, Descript, Auphonic, and WordPress. I'll spend another couple hours on show notes, a video trailer on YouTube, and dissemination on various platforms like LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and seven Facebook pages. I have help from Kayla Nelson, my social media and web coach, and Joey Van Leeuwen's music. I have a sponsor. One process is not better than another. 
It depends on topic, purpose, audience, intent, and inertia. So now you've seen a bit of how the sausage is made. Next time, I'll have an interview with Matthew Hudson about embedded researchers. Be well. Onward. See the show notes, previous podcasts, and other resources through my website, www.health-hats.com. Please subscribe and contribute. If you like it, share it. Thanks. See you around the block.